Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a holistic health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness studio franchises across the US. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I'm joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and our first few episodes are dedicated to exploring and raising awareness around a topic that is often overlooked or misunderstood. We will share real-life stories of amazing humans who have struggled, survived, and continue to thrive. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to Alkaline Unplugged podcast episode number two. I'm Kathy Purnell and I'm here with my podcast partner and Alkaline founder and CEO, Aaron Parazuski. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. Today, we're joined by Andrea Henry, a senior instructor for Alkaline Studios. We're here to discuss an important topic, mental health. At Alkaline, we embrace all that is real, raw, and human. And we are so grateful to you, Andrea, for joining us today to share her journey, to share your journey. Hi, thank you. May is mental, National Mental Health Awareness Month, and mental illness can be uncomfortable to discuss, but it's more common and may affect those close to you. So before we get started, here are some interesting statistics that I thought our audience might find fascinating. According to National Alliance on Mental Illness, approximately one in five adults in the U.S., or 43.8 million, or 18.5% experience mental illness in a given year. One, only 41 of adults in the U.S. with a mental health condition received mental health services in the past year. I think it's interesting to think about why that might be, and perhaps we can talk a little bit more about that as we move through the podcast today. Mental illness is among the most common health condition in the United States, and more than 50% will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. One in five Americans will experience a mental illness in a given year. One in five children, either currently or at some point during their life, have, have had a seriously debilitating mental illness. And one in 25 Americans live with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar bipolar disorder, or major depression. So I think it's interesting to recognize the prevalence of mental illness and to kind of destigmatize or demystify um, these statistics and, and, and delve a little more deeply into things that have impacted people in our own lives and um, Andrea, I'm so grateful for you today to come and to share your story with us here at Alkaline Unplugged. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me here. All right, let's dive right into it. What does mental health mean to you? So for me, I think of mental health as like freedom. So like freedom from 
running anxiety in my mind, freedom from drowning in depression or like having those highs, lows and changes. So it's like freedom to like live my life without holding back or anything holding me back. Um, so I like to think of also mental health as being balanced as well. So like I can go with the flow, I can be less rigid. And, and then that also comes along with understanding what my mental illness is on and how to work on it. And um, so if, you know, things start to come back up or symptoms start to show again, I'm healthy and I know how to take care of it and how to find help. And when did you discover that you had a mental health concern? Um, I have probably been like sick my whole life, probably. And I think that kind of um, goes to one of your statistics about how, you know, people don't get care often. And I think that might be it. You just like don't know that you're like living this life there's like a haze or something going on that's not right so I think that just might be part of it that that's you're just living life that way and so that's really how it was for me like my whole life like I've been depressed I don't know from like as long as I can remember um but like as an adult like it started to get worse and like I could still like you know have fun with friends and like laugh and all that but like it was always just like a heavy weight on my shoulders so it really started to like spiral out of control like as some big changes happened in my adult life and um like every day was like getting more and more of a challenge like i felt like i was barely making it through the day like crawling through the day like army crawl like just barely getting through and like i was thinking to myself like this sucks. Like life sucks. Like, I don't, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like, why is it like this? Everything's so dark. And I just like, that's how I kind of feel like when I'm depressed, like it's dark. Was it hard to reach out and ask for help in those moments? Because yeah. I feel like definitely, especially for women, we tend to feel like we can take care of everyone else and ourselves. And um, asking for help can be a real challenge. So how did you go about? Yeah. So I don't think I really asked for help. I didn't even know that I needed it or maybe didn't want it, but I just kind of said how I was feeling like to my husband. I'm like, I just want to go into this darkness and never come out, just like be in a hole and just never see the light again. And I think that was a moment for him where he's like, whoa, I'm sorry. Yeah, wake up call. Yeah, for him, like I'm this sure. is this is serious. Like I think he was starting to understand like the pain that I was feeling. So I didn't necessarily reach out for help. I just kind of said it like, "Hey, this is what's going on for me." Had you ever said anything like that no. before? No, it was had just you like ever tried to explain to him mm -hmm. how you felt before. No, I just no? never had been able to verbalize it, and it had never been something that I thought was different than anybody else, and I didn't want to complain like everybody else is dealing with that too so what's special about me so um I told that to him and he's like all right we need to take action right so he like got in touch with my therapist my psychiatrist and like luckily I was willing to work with them and to get help and so like you know I was in a potentially dangerous situation for myself and got you know doctor's treatment I was in the hospital 
And then that was the point where I got diagnosed with a mental illness. And it was really the first time that I had thought of that for myself. How was it hearing the words or the diagnosis for you? Um, there was a lot of words, things that like, I was like, wow, I didn't, I don't know what this means and I don't understand. But, um, and I was in the hospital too. So it's not like I could like do some quick research mm-hmm. on what was going on. Like I didn't have that ability, but it also felt good to know that something, yeah, yeah. Like there was a diagnosis. This was like a real thing. And then there was ways to like treat it or do something about it. And it was just like a relief, like, okay, let's do this. Like help, you know? Let's take a step back. What is your diagnosis for those who so, are familiar with your story? Um, bipolar disorder, which sometimes I think that that might be a misdiagnosis, but in a lot of ways it really does like make sense for my life. Um, anxiety, depression, like eating disorder, like you could probably name like a lot in there. So there's just all this stuff like together. Did you experience highs, highs, and low lows? Yeah. So big range. Yeah. In- so what I was at at that point when I like told Brian that I was like in the darkness was like a low, like a really deep low. Like I had been high for a while, like energy and great and like probably not making the best decisions. And then I just got low. And that was kind of like breaking point for me. And it sounds like you reached out and found medical professionals that could really yeah. help you. How um, how do you manage the symptoms and the illness on a day-to-day basis? So like every day I know that it's there. Like, every day I know that I am sick and there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it. So I have to be really on top of it. I take medication every day. Um, I go to therapy twice a week. Um, you know, I, and I do things for myself like that I enjoy. Like seriously, sometimes like just taking an hour to watch TV, like kind of just is like a good reset, which I don't always get to do just to like chill my mind. And um, exercise, of course, at Alkaline. It's like when I'm teaching or taking class, it's like that brief hour of just quiet of everything that's running in my head where I can just focus on either myself or everybody else. So it's just, I got to keep taking care of myself. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. A day-to-day effort. Mm -hmm. And I applaud you. It sounds like you are making really good choices given the circumstances that you're in and um, taking charge of your health, which I, I think for many, when you looked at this, when we talked about the statistics, so many people are struggling and for whatever reason, whether it's shame or the stigma of mental illness, they are hesitant to reach out and get help. And I feel like it's really important and powerful for someone like yourself to, to share your, your journey with mental health. Yeah. And like you said, like, being afraid to reach out and, you know, shame and stigma. There's so many misconceptions of what mental illness is. And like, even for me, like I still have that kind of like bias towards it. You know, you kind of like have that like idea that like someone with mental illness is like crazy, like unstable or unable to hold a job or like dangerous or that kind of thing. And so I don't want to talk about that. I don't want others to think that that's, 
me. But I think what you're doing today is helpful in shifting that that perspective so that yes. people who maybe don't, I think most people probably have someone in their life that has struggled on some level with some form of mental illness, whether it's, you know, mild depression all the way to schizophrenia or, you know, up the, up the spectrum. But we all have people in our lives, I think, that are experiencing this. And to hear stories like your own allows us to be more compassionate and understanding. Um, what would you say one of the biggest challenges that you experience on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of maybe how, how you think people are perceiving you or how relationship in your family, like how yeah. does, what's your biggest challenge would you say? And what's your biggest area of learning over the last year or so? Um, I think really the biggest challenge for me is, so I know that I have to like do the work to be healthy but that's the challenge. Like sometimes I just don't want to do the work. Like mm -hmm. I don't want help. And, you know, those are the times where like I start to feel like, like depression kind of rolling back in. And it's like, oh yeah, kind of like this. Like this is comfortable. This is normal. This is like how I'm used to feeling. So it's like a nice little comfort. But then that's when like things start spiraling. So I have to know the challenge is to know that I need to be on top of it. And then same kind of with, it's like learning too, like learning about like what my symptoms are and that, you know, I can still be like a great person and, and have these symptoms and diagnosis and I don't know, it's just work. It's the challenge, work, learning about how to do it. So. And to finding balance, you know, we talk a lot of, at Alkaline about balancing our lives. And I imagine that, you know, learning to balance the medication with the therapy with you know maintaining your work-life yeah. balance and all of those things is yeah. you know tricky like i think it's tricky for many yeah but you have that added little yeah i, I think one thing that's interesting about it's a it's a disease right and so why if you had you know cancer or i don't know I can think of a lot of different diseases. Why, why is this treated any differently than anything else, right? If, like, for example, um, when someone's diagnosed with, let's just use cancer because that's highly prevalent too, you know, nobody ever faults that person. You don't fault yourself. I don't think most people fault themselves. People rush to your side yeah, and they bring, bring you, you a casserole. You, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, why, why is there a difference because this is this is a disease just like anything else it's yeah. not like you oh yeah like i want to yeah. get i want to be bipolar let's say, you know i wish there was like a blood test that you can take you're like oh yes you have schizophrenia here's your medication and your treatment plan done you know like right. this is what we're gonna do for you so it's just like an inward thing so it just seems like it's not there it's just like it's just in your head just snap out of it. It's fine. You know, like, but I think the it. more you own it and you acknowledge it and, and you're open about getting the treatment that you are, I think sharing that is so important. And I wish more people, you know, I'm the first to say my husband and I've got a therapy for the last 15, 20 years. It, you know, it has saved our marriage and made us both stronger and healthier people along the way. But it's interesting that I remember back when my you know, when I was a child and my parents could have used some serious therapy, but my mom's mm -hmm. thought on that was anybody who goes to therapy ends up getting divorced. 
or anybody who goes through therapy is broken, which come on. Yeah. I think every single human could benefit from going to some form of therapy. We're all, we all have issues going on and, you know, just acknowledging that, owning it and then embracing those who have bigger struggles and. Yeah. There's definitely that stigma of weakness. Like you are weak. Which you are one of the strongest people I know, Andrea. So that could be no further from the truth. So thank you. And strong and coming. I'm getting teary yeah. just saying it. Good thing we're, this isn't a video. But, um, no, I think it's true. And I'm so, so grateful to you. Thank you. It's good to be here and be able to, even for me as I'm talking, like still learning and kind of talking out loud and like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't think this before. And here I am saying it. So, And I think people who see and take your class and you are – so poised and so graceful and so strong and and passionate about what you do when you're teaching, they wouldn't necessarily no, be able to, to guess that about you. And that's one of the hard things too about mental illness is like, I don't look like I'm barely hanging on or depressed, you know, like I'm still dressed and walking around and functioning. And that's because I believe you're doing the work you've, yeah, you've sought treatment, you're taking medication, you're, you know, doing all of the things you need to in order to to stay balanced and stay whole and yes i think it also speaks to you can't judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. and you just never know what someone's experiencing or up against and we have such a small view into somebody else's world and a lot of that view even now is really skewed by you know social media or what we see on the outside and so i think we tend you know you believe what you see or you make up stories about you know who this person is or even you know who they are and who you're not (laughs) sometimes and i think that's kind of the the important thing to remember which is you know we all have our stuff going on and to be you know compassionate and empathetic because you never know what someone's struggling with Agreed. Yes, I definitely have found that I am way more compassionate of people. And sometimes I can see little moments where I'm like, okay, I get you right now. Like I know what's happening. So, you know. I just saw an interesting story in the news today about how um, there's a movement to, to stop using, start, stop counting likes on posts on social networks because of what it does to people's self-esteem. Like you measure yourself on how many, how many likes did my post get and how shallow that really is. And that doesn't, it doesn't make you a better or a worse person. So I think social media sometimes makes things yeah extra challenging. So because this is an alkaline podcast, <laughs> you know, kind of summarizing what, how has alkaline been a part of your journey? How does alkaline sustain you or in your, in your own words, Andrea. <laughs> so, you know, alkaline has been in my life for a very long time and it's a place where I go, you know, so there's that, it's like the physical place of being there, like not in my bed, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere. Um, the exercise part obviously is huge for me. Um, just moving my body, like being in touch and feeling my body, which has also been a struggle for me too. Like I just can't feel like mentally, physically, I just don't have feeling. So 
exercising like was a way to get better in touch um to connect your mind to your body yeah um you know like I said earlier that like conversation of anxiety and you know negative thoughts in my head is like quiet for an hour which is crazy it feels so good and then I feel like Erin like when I was really sick you were one of my biggest supporters like you saw me like really low and I think you might have had some idea that like I wasn't doing well at that time but you know you were there for me and like you didn't turn me away so I never will thank you always always be your biggest fan so I feel like that's like alkaline like it's such a great community like you're not gonna get turned away you're there for a reason whatever that reason is that day like you're there I just feel like there's always like someone there for you at Alkaline, regardless of the amazing effects like on body and whatever. It's just like the community has just helped me move forward. So, you know, and even just being here and being asked to be here today, this is this is Alkaline, you know, talking about it. So real raw and human. Yeah. Real real raw and human. And unplugged now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Andrea, we really appreciate you coming and joining us today and We look forward to seeing you in class and taking your classes. Um, Thanks again. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Erin.